Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarino, and today I'm delighted to connect with one of the well-known futurists of our space, David Birch, who uh, is already smiling because I called him a futurist. I hope he, he doesn't dislike these, these terms. You know, there's all these terms, thought leaders, experts. Uh, uh, in any case, I, I don't even know which hats to refer to. Um, you know, you're an author, uh, you are, of course, a keynote speaker, and you are a consultant at 15 Megabyte, right? I, I have a lot of different hats at the moment, Effie, that's true, but that, that's, that's what happens to old men. We have lots of different hats. It's okay. It's, it, is, it is not uh, true. I think it's a, it's a question of, um, you know, being curious and open, and I'm sure you, you are one of those people that are curious and open and have made it into a profession and share that with uh, people. Isn't that uh, an interesting uh, twist, right, to, to, to who you are? David, I mean, as you said, you wear a lot of hats. When I think of you, I think um, of um, somebody who uh, tries to box himself into a payment thought leader because that's what people understand. But really, um, at your heart, you 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 go at the infrastructure level and think a lot about digital identity, uh, which is really behind everything. I would say, you know, Web three and you know everything that's going on and all the advanced technologies. Um, so so let's bear that in mind. Today, I want to welcome you and focus on wearable payments oh, because yeah. I, I have a psychological trauma. The last time we met at Money 2020, you got this awesome bracelet, um, <laughs> a wearable bracelet, and, and you showed it to me in a very nice box. It was very fashionable. It had the hanging... I think butterfly, in, and you said that you were going to give it to your wife. And I asked, could I find one too? And he said, it doesn't work outside the UK, right? Was that an honest answer? Uh, that was an honest answer with those ones. Yeah, they, they, um, those ones did only work inside the UK, but that's to do with bank rules about bins and issuing and acceptance and whatever. It's, it's not to do with the wearables themselves, but. Um, yeah, so, Actually, so... That's, uh, that was from that was from a company that I'm the non-executive chairman of called Digisec. Yeah, yeah, they've actually made some pretty interesting progress in that space. It's 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 hard to explain why it's so exciting if you don't understand how cards work, which is kind of so like if I say if I say to you this is so cool because you can take a butterfly or a Broke yep. or a charm or a ring or a key key fob, whatever you want, and uh, you can load your card into it and then just use your card wherever you want to go. That sounds like oh great, you know people go oh that's cool. That's a... But if you understand how cards work, you'll understand why that's so cool. Because what's happening is 
um, the the new chips that we have in those devices allow you to do what's called remote personalization. So in other words, in the old days, if I if I wanted to get you, let's say I'm, I don't know, I'm a big issuer and I, I want you to use my key ring or something. Um, mm -hmm. I have to get the right card details into the right chip, the right chip into the right device, the right device to the right person. It's a it's a complicated supply chain. It's expensive. But with the new technology, the chips don't need to be personalized in the factory anymore. The chips can be personalized. Personalization is the word we use for, for loading the card details and activating the chip. But now you can do that with an iPhone or an Android phone. So essentially, uh, you can take any of the devices that you like. I mean, for example, uh, uh, the butterfly that you were talking about. Uh, and then you'll use your own phone to choose which card you want to load into your butterfly. Um, so the butterfly, the bracelet, the ring, the earring, whatever, is it syncing with an app that's on your phone or on, on your computer or not? It's not it's not syncing. It's the, the, the app on the phone is loading the relevant secure details into the chip. Um, after that, you can just go and use the chip forever. So it's a one-time thing. You kind of onboard your card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although if you uh, want to, you, you know, you can always delete the... Like, let's say, I don't know, say, for example, a lot of the travel companies are looking at the silicon wristbands yes. for people to wear on the beach or in the swimming pool. Yes. So you might you might delete your card and load in a prepaid card for the kids to use or something like that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or if you're going to a concert, a festival, you could have your pass, the ticket of your of that festival that allows you to enter the festival and maybe have one drink, well, whatever. In, in fact, uh, as, that's absolutely right. And in fact, we we just did that for the Champions League soccer final. So Digisec provide so Mastercard had key rings for their VIP guests that allowed them to you know buy drinks and get in and various things. And and that was Digisec. We provided those. We also did the Roland Garros. Uh, there were okay last week as well so it's so the thing is in the past um the 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 wearables had a kind of complex supply chain and uh you know the costs of that and the inflexibility of that were were a problem but now things are really changing and the idea of wearables as utility yeah. in the like the silicon wristbands and so on uh, or loyalty, because I might want to pay with my Manchester City keyring, not with my iPhone. Or security, because when I'm walking through the tube stations in London, I might not want to have my phone in my hand. Spe speaking of someone who had his phone stolen in London a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, I might just want to use my ring or... Uh... Well, I mean, me as, as a woman, you know, with those bags that have a ton of things in them and you know you're searching for your phone amongst the everything else um i would say that you know to be able to pay for even for a coffee without having to take out your phone from your pocket or your handbag is 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 a convenience but there's a couple of things that um i wasn't familiar until um i i wanted to speak to you so i sort of prepared uh, to, to ask some semi-intelligent questions. Please, please. Uh, um, do I understand correctly that most of these wearables or all of them do not need charging, whereas my phone needs charging? And, you know, 
nowadays I don't take my handbag, I take my phone, but I'm I'm worried that I might run out of battery. Correct. So the things I was showing you, the key rings and the butterfly yeah. and the bracelets, those are all passive wearables. They they work using contactless technology. They don't need batteries. We do also support active wearables. So if you have something like um for example, let's say you have a fitness band or something yeah. that requires its own battery. We, we support those as well. But, you know, at, at the, most of the interest at the moment right now is actually for the passive. Um... Or the passive ones. So so there is interest to to carry an extra wearable, whether it's a, it's a ring or, or, or a wristband. And you also have to think, Effie, what what the wearable is is so so we think of the wearables as a bracelet or a keyring or something like that, but actually the wearables could mutate into all kinds of form factors. I mean, it could be in the strap of your handbag, or it could be, yes, uh, you know, it could literally anywhere. The chips are tiny. The chips are tiny. So so I guess the key is to figure out uh, how to offer that technology not necessarily pre-integrated in you know as you said my handbag or whatever but detachable so then you could work with i don't know uh, prada and my shoes my pumps could have <laughs> that you know but yeah you're well that that's a slightly different issue so you're right about that but that's actually for a slightly different purpose so the discussions that we're having with some of the luxury brands and the brand protection people yeah. at the moment, it's actually for a slightly different purpose. That's if I, if I, if you have a, I, I don't know, I can't imagine that. Let, let's say you have a lovely Chanel dress, Chanel make dresses. Yeah. You have a lovely Chanel dress. And so inside the label is, is a chip that you, you have the chips in, in laundry. Um, yeah. They, they, they put them in little bits of silicon so that you can put them through the laundry. So, uh, but if you want to know if that's a real Chanel, you know, you scan it with your phone and the chip says, yes, I'm a real Chanel. I'm number one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, first, first of all, it doesn't tell you that the dress is real. It tells you that the chip is real. If you want to know that the dress is real, you need the provenance, not yes. just, not just the chip. You need to know which factory. But, but what you, you remind me of what um, some, I, I know two companies here in Switzerland that are doing something similar with the bottle, with wine bottles. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. You know, so knowing that the chip is real isn't enough. You have to know the provenance, like where did it come from? And that's very problematic because yeah. it's very personal and private information. So, I mean, I don't know if 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 we're on our first date, Effie, should should I be allowed to just wait until you're not looking and then scan you your clothes with my with my phone? Okay. To see, is that is that a real dress? Is that a new dress? You know those yeah. new, you know, like that doesn't sound right. That sounds like privacy violation on an enormous scale. So how to actually make all of this work? I'm happy to say is very complicated. So we are working on that, but that's a separate thing. The 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 two products that. Um, that uh, so payments is an obvious thing but we also have the the promotional products so we put chips in things um you know like rugby balls and statues and things like that so so basically when the customer touches so let's say you buy a souvenir of something you know and then when you touch it with your phone it shows you a video of somebody scoring a goal or something like that 
but we so have a it, 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 tell me i mean if i understand correctly there's different technologies there's qr codes there's nfc there's there's barcodes is there one of those that is kind of more dominant behind these wearables the the, the pink these, wearable these, these yes i mean of course you 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 could print barcodes on things and that that's certainly doable although i have to say there are some issues around the security of barcodes because uh, in fact i'm surprised it doesn't happen more often actually because you know you see barcodes on on advertisements in the street yes uh, and you know people print out their own barcodes and, and stick them on top of them so that when you scan it you think you're going to the bank to find out about savings products or whatever but really you're going to a fraudster um, yeah. You know that's that's not so good. No, the the point about the contactless is not only do you have the security, you have the speed. You just tap, it's done. But the way we have it set up on the promotional side of things is that the brands can log in at any time, and change what those URLs go to. Okay. So, uh, uh, so so for example, if I if I have a my little Manchester City football, it has the chip inside it which says yes, this is an authentic. Manchester City souvenir and when I tap it one week I see this goal when I tap it the next week I see another goal because the brand can log in at any time and change the redirection so um yeah so so at the moment um those are the sort of two main areas uh, and the provenance and brand protection yeah will yeah I mean if we go back to to um wearables for payments yeah uh, I understand that on the one hand, it's better security. But on the other hand, if I lose my ring, if I take it off, you know, because I'm washing my hands and I'm at your house or in a public space and I leave it there or, you know, or so, I guess if somebody steals it and, and you know it, of course, you can block it like you block your cards. But yeah, in you general... I'll give, I'll give you an example. So my wife happens to prefer the key ring. She likes having the key ring because generally yeah. if she runs into the store to grab something or she she runs yeah. into the gas station, she has her keys in her hand. And yeah. she, she can't be bothered to take out her phone and mess around with Apple Pay or something. So she prefers the key ring. So, so we loaded, so for her key ring, Curve happens to be one of the... Yeah, the providers that... that yeah. So yeah. the way this all works is, is it's done through a thing called MasterCard Bulk Enablement. So MasterCard is live right now. Uh, Visa is still going through the certifications, but it will be soon. But right now uh, we have MasterCard Bulk Enablement. So if you have a MasterCard issuer who opts in, Curve is one of them, uh, you, can load your, you can load your card. So she loaded her Curve card into her keyring, and then she maps her Curve card to actually, in her case, to her John Lewis MasterCard. So when she pays with her key ring, she's paying with her John Lewis MasterCard. Yeah, it works perfectly. If she gets bored with that, she can change it to another card. If yeah, but she... if somebody steals uh, the key ring, what happens? Then, then on the app, you just turn off the curve card. You you turn off the the curve uh, function. How big is this market, David? And when we we size it, are we looking at how many wearable units are sold, or what is processed through them? Uh, well, I mean, what we're interested in this context is 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 selling units and yeah. uh, personalization goes with them. So, I mean, I saw I mean, I've seen various projections. I saw I saw a thing from MasterCard a couple of years ago. Actually, I think I saw some projections from Discover as well, pointing towards a pretty sizable market. But it's a lot of different markets. 
very fragmented, right? Yeah, because for example, some somebody like me, I might have I might have my cards in my pocket. I've got Apple Pay, but then I have my Manchester City keyring, which is what I use to pay for things. And maybe I have a silicon wristband, which is what I use if I'm going to go. I mean, this is a hypothetical example. If yeah. I was to go to the gym, uh, you know, there's a there's a space in London. There's been a spate of mobile phones being stolen from gyms. Uh, so if you if you want to pay for something at the gym, a silicon wristband might be a might be a better option. So so then I know if I go on holiday, I might get a different one, you know. So. But what what I'm very curious about is the. Terry Smith, who was one of the founders of Digisex, she says, you know, it, it's about the transition from utility to fashion. To fashion. Yeah. The fact that uh, if you, you know, you might, if you, if you go to a nightclub, you might want to have a particular bracelet. If you're going shopping, you might want to have a, a, a charm. Yes. And yes. like changing our thinking so that these things are seen as fashion rather than uh, utility. I think that's really very interesting. And that opens stuff up because I, I mean, some of the watches that have these chips built into them are quite expensive, you know, uh, and I, I, you know, per, it's not my thing personally, but I can sort of understand why people, if you're going on an evening out, you might want a particular watch. And um, yeah, it, it, the, the, the transition to fashion is amazing. It's amazing. And it seems to me that it's a bit... Uh, um, it depends on the on the regions, you know, what what are the trends, the cultural trends, whether it's the teenagers or the social trends, you know, entertainment trends, uh, dress trends, and all those trends affect how people, um, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm not a great expert on this, but. Um... <laughs> yeah, but the fragmentation that we spoke about it to me is is quite remarkable because you're talking about um, uh, the providers of the technology, but on the other hand, that distributors are mostly banks or financial services providers right now. So, you know, as you said, you might have an account with Barclays or I might have with UBS, and then that bank gives me a ring if I want it, right? It's it's more about that, and there's a lot of fragmentation because if I get my ring from Barclays, it's not going to work with anything else, right? I, I don't quite envisage it developing in that direction. I mean, what I what I hope is that you know, whenever you go and buy a Prada bracelet, it has a chip inside it, and if you decide to load your Mastercard into it, great. If you don't feel like master loading your Mastercard into it, so what? Yeah, yeah, I understand. But where are we at now? Well, it's 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 in the very early stages. I mean, you you saw some of the pretty things that the designers have already put together. I think as those, the, you know, the luxury brands obviously are interested in the chips for for brand protection as well as for the utility and functionality. Uh, and actually, the very luxury brands, um, and and this is a very interesting topic. Uh, it's a very interesting topic. So look, if you if you take the view that these things are purely utility and purely for payments, that would that would take you down one market, which you understand. Yeah. If you see these things as a platform, like making things intelligent, that opens up some different directions. I just read yesterday about one of the luxury brands selling NFTs for whatever it was, I can't remember, fifty thousand dollars or something like this. 
And so the idea that the chip that's in your bracelet or shoes or something um, is actually connected to an NFT, which um, has some kind of functionality because you own it, you, you control it. That, that's really, and we, we really don't know where that kind of thing's going to go. It's in its, its very early stages. So I think it's like, it's this mental shift. We go from seeing these things as utility to seeing them as, as being fashion. And then we go from seeing them as fashion things for payments to intelligent objects which connect into a wider world Even wider yeah and, and the ability to do this all using passive connections and contactless yeah, yeah it's yeah. really pretty enabling and, and and right now we are stuck with our smartphones in in that world right which is something between technology and fashion statement um in terms of you know what what phone you carry and how you carry it what case do you have it hanging do you know uh, the bags that have the, the special um, uh, pockets and, and so on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, David, with, with are you in that? I, I still have. I still have from like 2008, nine something. I can't even remember. I have a couple of Thomas Pink shirts. Thomas Pink began to make shirts that had slots in the cuffs for you to okay. put your contactless cards in so you could pay with you know, without... A wallet. Uh, I still have those. I love those. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, the fashion people, you know, they they'll experiment with these things if we put them in front yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, here a Swatch in Switzerland uh was the first uh, watch provider to connect a watch with the internet, and that was in 2004. Yes. And the model that they did that was called the paparazzi. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, right? I mean, in, in a country that there's no paparazzi and, um, you know, the connection with the internet was considered that it's like bringing, you know, somebody to, to sort of see your life or you have access yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to that. And, and here we are 20 years later uh, with this uh, um, sort of development, as you said, of you know the the wearables and the nfts sort of and the internet of things interacting and and the internet of things not only the the physical things but the software things too oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right, right? Exactly. because this could give you access uh to you know logins or or whatever uh well, certainly the, the idea that, you know, you could, you could, uh, let's say, I mean, assuming we deal with all of the privacy issues and access management and so on, the, the idea that, you know, you walk in, you, you, you can take your phone and touch a handbag and uh, it takes you to the NFT of it in, in the online space. What you would do with this, I have no idea, but I, I don't collect handbags, so it's outside my yeah. My but, the, but this connection between the the physical and the virtual world is really is really rather interesting. Yeah, and especially now with the Apple uh, Vision Pro, uh, it, it, yeah, I, we're not going to go there. Uh, but that, that's going to go in interesting directions, obviously. That's going to go in an interesting direction. I mentioned the uh, Apple Vision Pro because during all the announcements from Apple, obviously that took, you know, 95% uh, of, of the media and, and our attention. But apparently there was an announcement that on, on the Apple phones in the US, um, businesses now can verify the ID of users yeah. 
through their phone, but I mean, it, we knew that in certain states it's the driver's license, but they just need uh, another iPhone to do that verification. And they just get exactly what they need, like that you're over 18, you know, to, to buy the alcohol or, or whatever it is that you have a ticket and they don't store the information. That's what they say. I, I need to, to, to send it to you. So you read it. I don't think that the media are really reporting the details, but it's interesting because it doesn't, it hasn't gotten a lot of, you know, attention. <laughs> and, and Apple, I feel, does I things like you, that. I can, I can show you slides I presented 10 years ago. That said the same which, thing. Which so people using iPhones to read ID cards and to read ID from other phones. One of the, it's nothing to do with this discussion about wearables, but I, I wrote many, many years ago and many, many times, you know, the crucial distinction between, between the digitized identities that we have now and real digital identities, mm. the real digital identities will be symmetrical. They're intelligent. One of the key, one of the key things that my digital identity will do is to verify your digital identity. You know, we, you have to have that symmetry. Otherwise, if you have to have special equipment or, uh, you know, if, you know if, if the guy at the bar just needs his iPhone to check whether you're over 18 or not, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the question again is, is a privacy. In any case, let's let's return to, to our uh, wearable um, uh, data. Are there any regions like countries, like uh, I was in the Netherlands because uh, my son um, is studying there in Maastricht, and uh, I'm sure you saw it at Money 2020, like the buses, you just, um, uh, with your phone, uh, contactless, you, you, you don't even buy a ticket. You just get in the bus, you go to the contactless stand, and, and well, you, you get probably up. You probably don't remember this, Effie, um, but many, many years ago, London was the first place to, to do this. So you could use your... Oyster. The MasterCard instead of having to buy an Oyster card or, or some okay. other kind of ticket. And Consult Hyperion, which was the consulting company that I, I helped to found, it was Consult yeah. Hyperion who, who were chosen by Transport for London to be the consultants for that project. We worked on that for four and a half years. Okay. So, so one of the reasons why I just, just <laughs> I feel a straight, anywhere I go in the world where you could just use your Visa and MasterCard now, instead of having to buy a ticket, I, I feel this strange sense of pride that, yeah. that we helped. And, and London was the was the case that a lot of the other transit authorities looked to. Once London had done it, everybody else realised they could do it too. So it's fantastic. Yes, it is fantastic. How, isn't that going to sort of help the wearable payment market? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I if I'm in London during the day, I have a ring and I use my ring for getting on the subway and buying cups of coffee and stuff like that. I can leave my phone in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. But I don't see, or, or you know, you don't see, the adoption is not there. It's really early. It's really early, yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> it's really early because I said in the past, the supply chain was complicated. Okay. But now, you know, you'll be able to distribute anything with these chips in. And then... Um, personalize it yourself using your phone that completely changes the market 
if you had to fill out if you wanted to buy i mean i'll use prada as the example but let's say you wanted to buy a prada bracelet that you could use to pay on the subway and things like that you'd have to have filled out a form send something to your bank the bank has to send something to yeah. prada or prada suppliers or you can't just walk in now you can just walk into the shop pick up the wearable and use your phone to load your own card into it that that's a different world so are there any regional uh, differences or regions and countries that are ahead in terms of their uh, adoption of wearable wearables for for payments um well our, our focus is europe at the moment uh, to effie although you know and the us and actually as it happens um, possibly latin america as well for some of these things but but right now our focus is on payments and the, the next and 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 brands so you know for example we sold uh, key rings to one of the spanish football teams you know i mean yes this is this is this is all to do with brand but there's also a big market growing around events wearables you know you you get a band and you get into the event and you can buy drinks with it and all this and you can't forge them you know which is why yeah and i think in different parts uh though and you know then there's also the luxury stuff that you were talking about like the super fancy watches that have these chips in and things like this so i think i think those markets will be different in 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 different geographies but but right now our focus is is mainly europe it's interesting i can imagine uh, the big summer festivals or you know that are happening in in germany or here in switzerland we have the big montreux jazz festival which is for one week so i can imagine that you could have passes of all sorts on your on your wearable and especially when you're in crowded places this gives you uh, a sense of security plus it can be very fashionable and and you can have all sorts of accessories especially I, I, for us women i i have pictures we 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 um in another context and um, we tried this out with o2 at, uh, at a pop festival in london and that must have been 2012 i mean so the technology has been around for a while what like i can say the crucial difference is the ability to load it yourself using your phone that's what changes everything yeah yeah so it's you know what we see we we don't see behind the scenes so there has been innovation behind the scenes that is enabling really personalization and profitability at scale you yeah. know going going beyond the, the ultra luxury um uh, watches uh, swiss watches and and then you know it's it's much more accessible to everybody yeah it is that's true yeah so i mean we 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 need to catch up um, a couple of months down the road to see where things are now that we are back to to physical but still very much into this uh, uh fusing digital and and physical world david thank you so much for being with me with us thank you so much Effie. it was lovely to talk to you again Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Tech News, on Facebook, 
facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.